Welcome to Open Your Eyes, a podcast about empowering each of us with the perspective and tools to grow and change. Thanks for joining us today. Here at the Open Your Eyes Project, we're deeply committed to a simple truth that you can't be what you can't see. Therefore, we need to open our eyes to the possibilities and realities all around us. And one of those realities is that you are filled with immense potential. And often, seeing things in a new way can unlock that potential. So today, wherever you are, as you listen to this podcast, I hope you get a new perspective of how you can think and live better. Now, if you want to find the home channel for these podcasts, go to openyoureyes.org. There you can find your favorite podcast channel and subscribe to it so you get automatic updates as they're released each Monday. Let's get started. Today, I'd like to talk about the simple truth that your time will come. During the 60s and 70s in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Garth had a typical childhood. His mother loved to sing. In fact, she had recorded songs for Capitol Records. And as a result, Garth learned to play the guitar and banjo. But athletics was the family business. His older brothers and sisters went off to college on athletic scholarships, so Garth did the same. Off to Oklahoma State University in Stillwater on a track and field scholarship. One day, as a freshman in college, while riding in the car, he heard a song from a new artist named George Strait. As he listened, something inside him stirred, and he said to himself, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. I want to sing. It was then that his dream started to take shape. Garth and his roommate would stay up late at night playing and singing and writing and dreaming about making it in the music business. They formed a band and soon began to play in all the local bars and nightclubs. And over time, Garth became rather popular in Stillwater. And as his popularity grew, so did his hopes of really making it in the music business. And soon the people who followed him in Stillwater put together a fundraising drive to pay for Garth to leave Stillwater and move to the music capital of the world, Nashville. So... Garth packed his car with his guitar and a few belongings and set off to make it in Nashville. Well, before he left, a friend had given him the name of a producer who was well-known in Nashville. And so once in Nashville, Garth stopped to visit with that producer. There in the producer's office, Garth also met a few artists who had been in the business for a while. And at the time, they were earning less than Garth was earning playing in Stillwater saloons. And the reality of what it took to make it in the music business started to hit Garth like a ton of bricks. And he quickly realized the task was bigger and more daunting than he thought. He made easier money and had more friends back home. So soon he gave up and went home to Stillwater. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think of several times in my life when I thought I could do something out of the ordinary, maybe even dreamed a little bit. And I carried that dream for a while, thinking that I could rise to be the person or do the thing I was hoping for and dreaming of. But then when reality came along, or when the time to do the thing lengthened, or I got discouraged, I turned back to where I was before, thinking that what I had was good enough. 
And I think all of us from time to time turn back, don't we? Especially when it looks like the dream that we're chasing is going to take longer than we think. You know, after you've been at something for a while, you wonder if your time will ever come. Have you ever wondered if your time will ever come? I have. And if you have, then take a lesson from Garth. Well, Garth drove back across the Mississippi River and headed home, and he was embarrassed to face all of those who had paid for his start in Nashville. At first, he hid out at his parents' house. Then he slowly integrated back into the local music scene. But for whatever reason, it never felt the same. It felt like he didn't belong in Stillwater. You see, he knew he belonged in Nashville. So with eyes wide open to what was facing him, Garth made the decision to return to Nashville a second time. This time, he knew it was going to be difficult. It would take time. It would take endurance. But he was resolved to do whatever it took to make it. As he labored away in Nashville, several years went by. He was working odd jobs, playing music wherever he could, sharing living quarters with seven other people. And from time to time, he felt things were never going to turn out for him. Well, he did well enough to start playing at the Bluebird Cafe. Now, the Bluebird was the place where songwriters went to showcase their songs. As he continued to play and work, a friend noticed his talent at the Bluebird and introduced Garth to a studio owner. The studio owner hired Garth to record demo tapes for other artists. And while recording demo tapes, one day Garth played his song for the studio owner. And he loved the lyrics to If Tomorrow Never Comes. And together they worked and perfected the music arrangement. For a year, Garth played the song around Nashville. Now, during this time, Garth's manager took him to seven of the major record companies in Nashville. Everyone passed. No one wanted to sign him. Each time they went to a record company, his hopes were high. And each time afterwards, his hopes were crushed. Now, one day, in the midst of all the trying and failing, he was riding with his producer in his old truck. When his producer said to him, I know it's going to happen. It's just when. Garth knew that while no label wanted him today, he had someone in his corner who believed in him and that it would happen for him. Ironically, that night, Garth went back to the Bluebird and he was slotted to be the seventh in line to play. Now, record label executives, producers, and others often came to the Bluebird to find talent. And that night, several of those executives were there not to see Garth, they'd already passed on him, but to see another artist who was slotted second in the lineup. Well, that artist didn't show up, and the producer at the Bluebird saw Garth sitting in the audience and asked him hurriedly to step in. Well, as Garth started to play, an executive for Capitol Records was there. He saw Garth play live. He came up after the show and said, I think we missed something. Will you come back on Monday? And Garth Brooks was signed to Capitol Records. Garth's first album peaked at number two on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart. His second album spent 23 weeks at number one. His third album had advanced orders of over 4 million copies before it was released. And on it went. Garth Brooks became the best-selling solo artist of the 20th century and in 2012 passed the Beatles 
as the top-selling act of the prior 20 years. Now, few of us sing like Garth Brooks, and few of us will ever write a hit song. But you, me, and many other people have a dream of who they can become, what they can achieve, do, or create. And many of us have been chasing that dream for a while. And many of us, like Garth, have what it takes, the talent, even the song already written, so to speak, but we get discouraged in the time required to realize our dream. But here's the thing. When you stay at it, when you keep showing up at the Bluebird and playing your song, and when you keep doing what is necessary and needed and stay in the game, your time will come. And one of the truths we all learn in life is that much of the good that comes our way comes our way in its own time. It's tough to believe, isn't it, to trust that your time will come because in the back of your mind, you wonder, what if it never comes? So whatever you're waiting on, whether it's love, children, healing, a job, your business growing to what it really can be, weight loss, or feeling healthy or peace, I know this, your time will come. And before I say anything else, let me be clear about something. I know many of you have been battling an illness or a setback or dealing with loss in one way or another. Please don't give up. Never give up. Keep trying. There's a reason you are where you are. And here's what I know. If massive good didn't come from grief and loss and even stupid mistakes, God wouldn't allow grief and loss and stupid mistakes. Start looking for the good. And I believe that things are already working together for your good. And another truth, you deserve love and forgiveness and strength and happiness. You may not feel like you deserve it, but you do. You are of immense worth. And here on this earth to find peace and rise from the ashes, so to speak, that's what life is all about. But here's the thing. Remember that when one door closes, another opens. But you and I need to open our eyes and be looking for that other opening door. Too often we look so long and so longingly at the closed door that we don't see the one that is opening. The dream that you've had for such a long time, the one you're tempted to give up on, don't. Don't give up. Sometimes it can take years to come true. Stay in the game, because when your dream does become reality, you'll be so glad you didn't give up. I wonder how many times people give up just before a breakthrough is about to happen. I wonder how often we stop just when we are on the very brink of success. I suspect it's more often than you think. So, if all of that is true, then how do you mentally and emotionally keep yourself and your mindset healthy while you work and wait for your time to come? Well, first, remember and know that there is a purpose. Life and God are creating something more, or at least different, in you than you may think. You know, I was in Boise a few weeks ago sharing a message with some amazing leaders there. I shared a story about my having to persevere and having to wait for good things to come. And after the meeting, a young man came up and told me he enjoyed my testimony. This caught me a bit off guard. I was sharing my story. I had never thought of it as a testimony. But as I reflected on it, it was a testimony. 
You see, the first four letters of testimony are T-E-S-T, test. And after enduring my test, I could testify of the positive outcome waiting if we can endure that test. Now, most of the time, the purpose of tests in our life is to show us who we really are, to reveal character in us. We can think all kinds of good thoughts about ourselves, but until we are put to the test, we don't know whether those things have become realities in us or not. We may consider ourselves generous or honest or deeply committed to a particular thing, but the depth of these dynamics only reveal itself when we're under pressure. We never know what we really believe until our beliefs are tested. We don't know our capabilities until they are tested. And perhaps in those tests, we are learning that we can do hard things. So when the next hard thing comes along, we can overcome. Likewise, we don't know whether we're really nice people until we have to be kind to someone when we don't feel like it. When we go through tests, we learn whether or not we really have the character and commitment we think we have. I believe it's very important for us to really know ourselves. So tests are good for us because they affirm strengths and reveal weaknesses. When you're in the middle of your test, remember, you are building you to do remarkable things. One of the tests that comes our way in life is the get over it test. Too many of us get off track in our course to reach our dreams because we take too personally the offenses that come from other people. Here's a simple truth. If you're trying to do something remarkable, offenses and reasons to take offense will come your way. Too many of us get stuck or sidetracked because we can't let go of what someone else said or did. Get over it. Years ago, I became president of a large organization, and the minute I did, Several of my coworkers were critical. People who didn't know me were critical. And I learned quickly that when you take offense, you give away your emotional and mental energy that could be better placed somewhere else for good. And here's what I've learned. Forgive quickly. Make amends quickly, even if you're not the one in the wrong. Set things straight today so they don't grow into something big tomorrow. Your emotional energy and focus returns to you when you humbly forgive and refuse to be offended. Do this over and over again, and you'll get better at it. And soon you'll be a person who gets over things quickly and easily. I've also learned you must work and wait in your own way. Trust your own voice. This is extremely hard to do when you look around and make comparisons with others or when others are critical of your lack of success or make light of your dreams. Trusting your own voice and not letting what people say or do affect your determination is essential for your mental well-being. You know, it was Howard Thurman, the author and civil rights leader, who said, There is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have. And if you cannot hear it, you will all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that someone else pulls. Trust your dream. Pursue your dream. Stay on your course despite the offenses or comments or criticisms that come from others. 
You are creating a better you, and that requires following your own voice. Next, to win at waiting for your time to come, take the long view. You know, in the stock market, you'll hear people talking about the long view. That means the stock price that you're invested in can rise or fall in the short term. And you aren't phased by that because you have the long-term view. To take the long view, you have to travel forward and imagine what it will be like in the future when your time does come, how you will view things in five or 10 years. That view changes everything. It allows you to deal with the ups and downs of today more effectively. Ingrid Olson was a recently divorced mother of a young son and was supporting her family alone in her home country of Sweden. Her divorce had alienated Ingrid from part of her family and friends. She felt alone and abandoned and overwhelmed before an uncertain future, and she wondered every day if her time would ever come. Bewildered by it all, she welcomed one afternoon when the opportunity to visit a cousin in a neighboring village nearly 90 minutes away by bicycle came about. She planned to devote the trip to prayer, hoping to receive some sign that heaven was aware of her plight and would give her some needed solace. As she rode her bicycle towards her destination, she was miserably aware that the darkening day and the threatening clouds matched her own darkened spirits. In this state of mind, Ingrid at length reached the distant village and made her visits. On her return trip, she rode her bicycle up a long incline in the face of an increasingly strong wind before which she could hardly make progress. Seeing an opportunity to test the reality of her faith, she stopped, stepped off the road, and prayed. She prayed that God would manifest His presence, His awareness of her, in a simple way. He would stop the wind. You see, then she'd know that He heard her prayers and He knew her predicament. She would then have faith that her time would come. She rose and resumed her journey. But the wind blew even harder. As she rode into the wind, she became more bitter with each kilometer, for it seemed apparent that God, if after all there really was such a thing, had neither heard nor answered her heartfelt pleas. Arriving at the last hill above her village, Ingrid paused. Looking to the heavens, she uttered a sardonic thanks. Now I know. Then it happened. She was filled with an intense, powerful thought that sounded through her being with the words, I did not still the wind. Instead, I gave you strength to overcome. Well, moved by this experience, Ingrid rode immediately to her pastor's house and related all that had occurred. Sensing his role as an instrument in affecting God's will in her life, the pastor helped raise funds to send her and her boys to America. There, she attended college and discovered a latent artistic talent. She became a sculptor. Eventually, she returned to Sweden, established a studio, became an accomplished and successful sculptor, even fulfilling commissions for the king of Sweden. Her boys became college graduates and are doing great things in life. Years later, Ingrid would look back on that bicycle ride, remember her plea to heaven, and realize that God didn't stop the wind, 
but he moved a pastor and provided an education and helped her discover her talents and who she really was. She knew she could endure a little wind because her time was about to come. Now, whether you believe God can direct your life or not isn't the point. Here's the point. Your time will come, but you have to have the long view. Sometimes it takes time, but someday you will look back and see how circumstances and people were moved to bring about your purpose. Molly Ivan said, Age has given me what I was looking for my entire life. It gave me me. It provided me the time and experience and failures and triumphs and friends who helped me step into the shape that had been waiting for me all my life. Next, remember, life isn't perfect. In your pursuit of your dreams, who you will become may not be exactly what you're envisioning today. Gilda Radner said, I wanted a perfect ending. Now I've learned the hard way that some poems don't rhyme and some stories don't have a clear beginning, middle, and end. Life is about not knowing, having to change, and taking the moment and making the best of it without knowing what's going to happen next. Now, for me, I am not the man I thought I was going to be when I was 20. I'm more flawed, I'm more imperfect. And I still have challenges that come my way in life. But I'm grateful, most days, for those flaws. The person I am becoming because of those imperfections is someone more complicated and capable than who I thought I would be if everything had turned out perfectly for me in life. The same goes for you. But in the pursuit of who you are meant to be, you'll likely learn and find some amazing, flawed things you didn't expect. During the 1860s, Thomas Adams worked as a photographer. Now, for a time, Mexican General Antonio de Santa Ana went into exile in the United States and stayed at Adams' home in Staten Island, New York. Santa Ana encouraged the innovative Adams to see what he could do with chicle, a substance derived from the sapodilla trees of Mexico. Santa Ana believed the chicle might be used to make synthetic rubber. So, Adams went to work experimenting with the chicle. He tried mixing it with rubber to make bicycle tires, but it failed. He tried to make toys and masks and rain boots and other items, but he never succeeded. After experimenting diligently for about a year and finding no use for chicle, he considered giving up. Just before he did, he was at a drugstore and overheard a little girl asking to buy a piece of chewing gum for a penny. At that time, chewing gum in America was made from paraffin wax. In that moment, Adams realized he could probably make chewing gum from chicle. So that night, Adams and his son made pieces of chewing gum from chicle, little pieces without any artificial flavors, and wrapped them in brightly colored tissue papers. They sold each stick of gum for a penny. And Adams soon established the most profitable chewing gum company in America. His company gained a monopoly in the chewing gum business selling chiclets. So, like Adams, stick with it. The answer you're seeking may be coming soon. Now last, to keep yourself mentally and emotionally strong as you work and wait for your time to come, remember, sometimes you have to escape your shadow. And you can escape your shadow. 
What does escaping your shadow mean? Well, sometimes your past mistakes overshadow your current attempts to succeed. Others or you can't see yourself in any other way than how you've been painted in the past. Additionally, if we've had early success and then been unable to maintain it or repeat it, it may be difficult to escape that success and return to that level of performance or circumstance. For example, some of you are building a business. And perhaps there were times, months, or years ago when your business seemed to grow with relative ease. But now, as you try to repeat that same thing, it doesn't seem to happen. And you wonder, will my time ever come again? Well, to learn how to escape your shadow, take a look back a few weeks ago to the 22 Winter Olympics. Lindsay Jacobellis is an American snowboarder who dominated the snowboarding world for many years. She was a 10-time X Games champion, and she had a breakout Olympic Games 16 years ago when she made one of the most infamous mistakes in Olympic history. In the 2006 Olympic Games, during the snowboard cross final, Jacob Ellis was approaching the end of the course with a three-second lead over the next closest racer. On the second-to-last jump, Jacob Ellis attempted a celebratory grab of her board, landed on the edge of her snowboard, and fell. The next racer passed her to win the gold. Jacob Ellis did recover and settled for silver. Well, Jacob Ellis later said that I was having fun. Snowboarding is fun, and I wanted to share my enthusiasm with the crowd. Well, this mistake followed her for the rest of her career. In the next Olympic Games, she failed to medal. In 2014, she was leading the semifinal race and crashed. In 2018, she placed fourth. So, she returned to the 2022 Olympic Games to try again. For all those years, she stayed in the fight despite the criticism. It's hard enough to win an Olympic event, right? Any Olympic event. Try doing it when the world won't let you escape your own shadow. Well, she arrived in Beijing at age 36 after years of waiting for her time to come, knowing she could never repeat that magical moment of 2006 when she was an unknown, young, dynamic snowboarder. But now, as an older, wiser, and different dynamic snowboarder, maybe she could. Maybe she could get out from under the shadow of criticism and win on her terms. Well, her final race was blissfully uneventful. Jacob Ellis darted out in front in the beginning of the race, and in an event that often includes numerous lead changes, she stayed in front. And toward the end, with other racers chasing her, at the same point in the race where Jacob Ellis grabbed her board in 2006 and fell, her thoughts were not about anything other than finishing the race. Finally, she walked away from the race as a new person, as someone whose time had come with the gold medal in hand. Now, the same goes for you. It doesn't matter if you were amazing or not in the past. Your time will come. It may seem like you've been at it, trying, waiting, persevering for a long time. Your time will come. You may have lost the confidence of others and a few times even of yourself. Your time will come. Remember, like Garth, find your Bluebird Cafe. 
where you can keep trying, keep playing, and sometime soon you will discover and be discovered in your pursuit. Too often we're tempted to quit and go back to Stillwater, so to speak, when everything is waiting for us in Nashville. Don't quit. Stick with it. Your time will come. Remember Ingrid. It may take years, but God's view of you and the person you are becoming is the long view. Take the long view, and don't let today's ups and downs move you away from your hopes and dreams. If you're looking for peace or love or redemption, I'm certain your time will come. Don't you quit. Stay in the game. And like Lindsay, you can escape the shadows and the darkness of where you are today and rise to become the champion that you're meant to be. Most of all, know that you can do what you have set out to do. Keep trying and watch your time. The time of your life will come. Thank you for being here today. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend who may need a little encouragement today. And please join us next week for another podcast as we learn to open our eyes to who and what we can become.